Hello everyone and welcome to the Board Gaming Doctor. My name is Phil and I'll be your Board Game Doctor today. Once again, as you might tell if you've listened to the last episode, I am still on the road and recording this without my usual microphone. So pardon the lack of quality here. But I'm super excited to talk about a game that has been on my radar for quite a while and finally had some time to play it solo. And that is Roads and Boats. This is a game from 1999. Originally, it was republished back in 2019 with the 20th anniversary edition and with the expansion included. This this particular first impressions is without the expansion, but this game is designed by the folks over at Splatterspielen, uh, which is Jorlin Domen and Joris Biersinga. Art by Herman Havercourt and Tamara Yannick. And this is a game that is weighted at 4.19 out of 5, so a pretty heavy game. Overall ranking is 569 at the time of this recording, and rating or uh, yeah, rating is 7.7 .7 out of 10. So in Roads and Boats, this is basically a logistical puzzle where you have a board of hexes on the on in front of you that everyone is playing on everyone starts with a couple of donkeys a couple of geese and a difference and and a wonder that you're building basically and the point of this game or at least a majority of the points of this game is to get goods and and produce goods and bring them to your home space to convert those into blocks that you use to construct the wonder and depending on how many times you have converted goods and how many blocks you place uh, adds to your final score in addition to other things that you may be able to accomplish in the game but to do that you are uh, you know moving your donkeys at first to transport goods to build different buildings which produce different goods and you can use higher level buildings to convert goods into other higher level goods and you are also building different ways to transport these goods over land, over uh, the sea or rivers as well. And with the expansion, I believe, you can do that through the air. And there are some minute details of how things work, but you, you have things like animal reproduction with the geese and the donkeys. You have yeah resource conversion and transportation. And so, is it a pick-up-and-deliver game? I'm not so sure. Is it? It's, it I, I, I believe so. I don't know if you need to have contracts or set uh, criteria to uh, call something a pick-up-and-deliver game. But overall, it's a logistics puzzle with the added uh, uh, nuance that all the resources on the board are shared. And so, based off of player turn order, you must create a chain of of transporting uh, entities such as donkeys or later on boats or wagons etc to be able to transport goods from a production tile to your home board or wherever you need it to build further buildings or other entities and, and objects as well before other players can take their uh, turns and transport those goods to where they need it most.
And so lots of interaction on this board. And if you have been following modern games recently, uh, this reminds me of uh, Hamlet. I think Hamlet is a resource sharing uh, conversion game that is definitely a lot more simplified than Roads and Boats is and, and, and shares that mechanism, basically. So you, you take that mechanism and multiply it by complexity and you have roads and boats, I think because of the, uh, not only the interactive nature of sharing these goods, but the sheer amount of different buildings and goods you can produce in this game. It reminds me in a sense of Oret Labora, which is probably the one game that I've played by Rosenberg that utilizes the most individual resources in a game. There may be more, but in this game, in roads and boats, you know, you have your wood that gets converted into planks, which is used to build buildings. Um, you have your kind of basic resources, stone and clay, etc. And all of these can be upgraded and utilized to make bigger things like stock markets even, or, um, you know, different factories for wagons and, and boats, etc. And so there, there are is a, a huge list of things that you can do. And that is where the complexity comes in is how do you, first of all, analyze the map and see which spaces, you know, because you have like spaces where you can only build a, a wood, uh, a sawmill or a, not a sawmill, but like a, like a woodcutter um, spot, you know, it has to be placed on a forest. Right. And so, you know, where, Am I strategically on this board? Where can I go and set up the basis of my production? How can I utilize these resources in, you know, in the spot that I'm at uh, to the best of my abilities before things start to grow and you're in pursuit of further ways to score points and to gather more resources to bring to the wonder board, but at the expense of rubbing up against someone else brushing up against their uh, little town or little, you know, production area, and you compromise building resources to be utilized for someone else. And that's where the tension and the fun of this game comes into play. I forgot to mention the playtime. It is a pretty long game. Uh, it looks like about four hours is the the listed playtime on Board Game Geek. It... Um, it plays for one to four players, but with the added expansion, I believe you can play up to six. Creating a very epic game where I've seen comments uh, describing this game as like the Twilight Imperium for Euro-style resource conversion type of gaming. And that is pretty epic to me. I think this is, this is why I was interested in playing this game. And after having played it, I knew, I know that I had, I didn't play it as optimally as I should, but I loved the puzzle of this game. I loved the, even as a solo game where there is no threat of another opponent taking my resources, I really just was, was uh, intrigued by the sheer amount of decisions that I could make where I needed to plan ahead to move my, my transporting goods 
to which tiles, um, where can I build roads to, to increase the transportation of my donkeys? And where can I strategically set up like a raft factory to um, be able to reach certain tiles that I wouldn't be able to reach as fast as I could? And so there's a, a very nice logistical puzzle that happens in the solo mode. Uh, and then it, it just amplifies when you introduce opponents. And so I, I have played Food Chain Magnate before, and it and it contains a lot of that interaction that I've come to really enjoy in this game where you're, you know, trying to carve out a certain niche on your board and hope and that someone else doesn't use it yourself, or you can try to plan so you can use someone else's resources. And it, it does so in a, a theme that I particularly enjoy because it reminds me of, I mean, probably around the time this game was developed back in the late 90s, you know, that's when I was playing games like Age of Empires, Age of Empires 2, where the that kind of 4X real-time strategy nature uh, of a game was just so so much fun uh, building up your little city from a village you know and building a wall around it so no one else could get in establishing trade routes and sending out military units to you know interact with and and destroy your other opponents that that was the focus of that game of course but in this game it's not i mean there's no interaction beyond using these free resources that are on the board because in a sense it, you can see it as like a competitive cooperation game where you're trying to build this wonder out uh, together. Uh, whoever contributes to it the most basically wins the game. It, it may not be that, that simple, but, um, but in a sense, you know, it, it is in that, that that's how this game is played. And so, um, yeah, it, it, the, the interaction was, was high is, is high and intense. And I, I assume it would be in a multiplayer game. And the logistics of it as well, uh, it helps you, you know, feel really clever once you start to understand the rules of this game. And, and touching on that as well, I mean, there there are some really great player aids out there that help you understand how this game works. It kind of goes, goes over the nuances of like how far certain uh, animals can travel or transporting uh, tiles or, or objects can travel, how much they can carry. And... It, it, it just, th this is like one of the, probably one of the most perfect games for me. Uh, it, it's just kind of open and allows you to kind of dive into the strategies of how to open up this game, you know, where to build out your woodcutters or quarries, etc. And then in which avenues to pursue, you know, whether you want to build out uh, an end game type of uh, building like a stock market or a paper mill or what have you. Uh, and then with the expansion as well, you know, there are more ways to interact. You can destroy buildings, you can uh, destroy walls as well. And, and really, uh, you know, turn up the interaction and maybe with a little bit of take that added to it. So I, I will hold off until I have tried that myself. And I wish this was, this game was, more widely available, especially online, because I think this game would be really fun to play and and really dive into strategically. To you know, and, and so so this game may look pretty dry. I mean, components wise, I'm not going to comment too much on because we know uh, how splatter games are. 
physically and, and visually, but but the gameplay is is very fun. It's very logistical, very much you know uh, planning ahead and making sure that you you're doing things while avoiding or taking advantage of your opponents as well. Interactive games where there is a lot of cutthroat action, uh, such as uh, or Labora, I think is is a good comparison. I think there there is some uh, interaction with you know how you can use other people's buildings. Lahav has that as well. Uh, Barrage and other games that have an interactive map, where uh, is is another game that comes to mind as well. Vastly different in the approach and the mechanisms that are utilized, but in feeling, I feel like it it does match up pretty well to games like Barrage or 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 Labora uh, with with the I guess the uh, intricacies and and nuances that this game has. You know, I don't know of any other game that has geese as a good or a resource in this game, and so. Um, I, I really enjoyed my play of, of this game and would love to dive back into it more and wish that this game was uh, more popular so we, so I could play it more. And uh, I'm definitely more interested in playing other splatter games as well. Maybe I'll work up to playing Horseless Carriage at some point, the newest the release, and going through the catalog as well to see if there's any other, if there are any other games that stand out to me, but... Uh, yeah, really enjoyed Roads and Boats. I think this is a game for you if you do enjoy a logistical puzzle with forward planning and with lots of interaction on the board as well, sharing resources with opponents. If you enjoyed Hamlet but want a, uh, a richer and deeper experience, then, then Roads and Boats might be for you. And yeah, so those are my first impressions of Roads and Boats. Thank you for listening and hope you have a great day. Please schedule an appointment with your board gaming doctor real soon and I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you.